This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Ninth Realm, uh, your Age of Sigmar podcast from Frontline Gaming, your source for all cool stuff, tabletop wargaming. My name is Jason. And this is Pablo. And uh, it's been a while since either of us have been on the podcast. I think it's been about two episodes since I've been on it. It's been oh, Quite a while since I've been on it. For you. Yeah, I was <laughs> uh, two weeks ago, which was the Thanksgiving week, I had um, that weird sickness. What was it? Like a some sort of flu? Uh, you had, anxiety disorder? Yeah. It was that. It was a food poisoning in quotation marks. Um, the same food poisoning that my employees oh, the, in college used to they say they call, had I, I on believe Friday. they call it the clap. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's, <laughs> so I, had, I was sick and I was out. Uh, and then last week, um, I something Reese did like an a, a interview with somebody. And that was like a, spe- a very special Ninth yeah, it age. was uh, Ben Moley. Ben Moley. Uh, and Ben Moley, who's one of the best 40K players He's made ever. the jump. Right. He made the jump to Age of Sigmar, and I'm terrified. That's saying something about um, Age of Sigmar, though. Because I, I believe either it was rumored or confirmed that Ben Moley was going to play Age of Sigmar at the LVO instead of 40K, oh. which is huge right. because Ben Moley is, is a really respected member of the community and if he makes the jump to age of sigmar and kind of promotes it right um that that game might skyrocket yeah and ben, ben moly if you don't know he is the guy who will like go to a 40k tournament like a major 40k tournament with like a a, uh, a space marine white dwarf army and will win it all he'll yeah. have like space marines in a rhino with like a missile launcher yeah yeah he's and, always in a dreadnought with like a multi-melta arm walking yeah. across the table and he'll win yeah he, yeah. I, I had the pleasure of playing him at the Broadside Bash this summer, and he was one of the nicest guys I've ever played. Yep. Super smart. Um, he really made me feel like I had a chance to win, and I had a pretty good list. Uh, but in the end, I realized that was there was no way. Yeah, there, about there halfway no through, and, dawned yeah, on you. I was like, this guy just outplayed me. Like my warp spiders were all dancing mm-hmm. in the middle of the board, holding the relic, mm-hmm. and I had zero chance of winning. He probably had the game planned out. Right, six turns in a row. Right, like right. he, he already knew what the game was going to be. Yeah, it was, that's how good he is. Yeah, he fed me just just the right amount of units to. It was. It, and he, was he was a nice guy. He let you go Super to like ni- turn three. Super nice guy. Then, yeah. <laughs> let me go to turn. <laughs> Anyways, so um, so so Ben Moley. He, yeah. So that was last week. Yes. So that that's why um, we weren't on uh, last week because uh, that was kind of a special interview um, episode from Reese. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're back, uh, and now Reese is gone. He he's off on vacation. He's skiing, um, and and we do apologize. This this episode is being uh, released a bit late on Thursday. I know you guys are are normally used to downloading it uh, early in on Thursday morning, um, but we are still in the midst of moving. We just moved to our new office and warehouse space here in Point Loma, San Diego, um, and uh, so if you do hear anything in the background, that's because we are still setting up our studio and warehouse. So people are are moving and, and bustling. And speaking of setting up our studio. Uh, Mariana is actually working hard. She's finally back from her vacation, 
She uh, is back, and that's why she's not here joining us too, because yeah. she is hard at work getting the studio. Getting up. the studio, so we can actually yeah. have video for you guys. Um, rumor has it that she was modeling in Mexico, or was it ah. Bosnia? I don't know, uh, but she won't tell us. Somewhere weird. She might be. She might be an agent, a secret agent, or something. CIA agent. Yeah, mm. she didn't. There was there was a lot of mystery clouding her 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 departure. Yeah, her departure, and it and was then, clouded in mystery. And then she kind of sent cryptid messages to us that exploded when we got them kind of like i'll be back in two fortnights right and, then, and we had to look up what a fortnight was <laughs> nobody's ever said that before but she's back uh we're saved yep um we can have video we can have right. uh we'll start making battle reports which i i'm super pumped for. we are so now yeah we're we'll be back in regular production now it's it's been weird everyone's been on i took vacation and now <laughs> recent on vacation mario just got back from vacation um, except for Pablo, you never take vacation. No, I've been I've been working. Hard. Even your baby was born. You're like, now nah, I'll be back tomorrow, next day. <laughs> uh, not not a big deal. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's working hard. Anyways, so we're back, and it's uh, episode 22. Oh my gosh! Can you, you guys believe are it? Hit the big 25 soon, and then after 22, that, and we haven't taken a break, no matter what, no matter how many people were not here. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely <laughs> been a round or, table, yeah. or uh, uh, in and out musical chairs with right. the hosts, but. Uh, the content's still been the same. It's still been a roundtable discussion on the content, mm-hmm. which is Age of Sigma related. Yeah, and we have a fun episode today. Um, today we'll be talking about um, some uh, the Blood and Glory um, tournament results, which was a big um, Age of Sigma tournament in the UK. Yes. And, and I think I think it's gotten a lot of traction. One because Games Workshop really promoted it, and the fact that a lot of their own staff members played. went to that tournament and, and played, which is a big deal. Honestly, if you if you are not new to GW, that should be big for you. And the fact that they went and promoted it and documented it, yeah, that's a big deal. And if I, I can add to that, uh, I I also have a podcast called Chapter Tactics where I talk about competitive 40k and I talk about the tournament scene. And uh, that's kind of always been my my deal. The my passion is is promoting a competitive tournament scene with brackets and top players and uh, communities and list buildings. Uh, basically, that's always been my thing. And I've slowly been learning like how how to properly report on tournaments and stuff. And GW just nailed it like right off the bat. They had their article, if you read it, the top five lists. Uh, they have a quick summary of the lists, and then in the lists themselves. Not only do they have the points cost and what you have in the list, but they also have links to the unit to the Games Workshop site, which also has the PDF file for the rules. So if you want to know what, for example, the winning Stormcast Eternals list is, what unit models or Mm -hmm. units in that list do, you just click on those units Mm -hmm. and boom, the rules are right there. And you can also buy the model too. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. I I think it's absolutely brilliant for tournament coverage and and, uh, GW, anyone... Anyone who's re- listening to this, you guys did an amazing job, and I was super impressed. Yeah. I, I was actually really excited. Like, I kind of want to go to the UK now and win one of those things and kind of yeah. like, oh, Pablo, you know. Right. Anyways. I agree. I agree. It was just well, I mean, fr- and they, they covered the whole event on the Twitch channel. They yep. live-streamed it, which you can go back on their channel and watch. Um, we will link to that site um, if you guys aren't aware that they have a whole uh, Warhammer uh, Age of Sigmar site now mm-hmm. um, where you can go to and they have all that information on there. We'll link to it in the show notes. Um, but it, it's a lot. It's a wealth of information. And they go, not only do they go over the list, but they go over um, how the army played and yes. why it did well. Yeah, and, and they don't they don't hold back, too. They, they don't... These are not fluffy lists. No, no not <laughs> no. at all. Uh, these these lists are not, very, non-apologetic. very competitive. And the writers don't hold back on how competitive they are. They no. say, like, 
flat out like this guy, the Stormcast Eternals player was will steamroll you. Yes. Like his list is powerful. Yep. Um so I I, I just I just think it's it's pretty cool. Right. It, yeah. it is. And uh you know, right. I'm happy to make the jump with yeah. my Beast Claw Raiders army. Yeah. Which is almost done. Yep. And again guys, if you sorry if you guys hear stuff in the background, we are still getting everything uh ready to go and the uh noise in the background is going to happen in this podcast. It kind of threw us off that phone call. It's a phone call. There's a phone call. Somebody, somebody heard us. Yes. This is live. Yeah. And they they want immediately to buy an Age of Sigma army. Get me that warrior brotherhood, which we'll talk about in a second. Ben Moley and GW coverage, sign me up. Yeah. Is exactly what they're thinking. That's what somebody was calling about. That's all it that is. It must have been it. It's, it's okay. They probably didn't even hear that phone call because it's too far away. No. <laughs> They're like, what are these guys talking like, about? So um, <laughs> let's, let's move on. So we do have some news. First of all, big, the biggest news in our world right now, the Las Vegas Open, dominating frontline gaming staff life. Yes. Um, if you guys have not signed up for the Las Vegas Open Age of Sigmar tournament, I would not delay any longer. This thing is filling up. How many people do you have signed up? It's it's over a hundred at this point. Uh, and, and how much was the large UK event that started? At I'm all? not sure. It was I know it was like one. I don't want to say a number. I, I should go in after we edit and just put in a different like somebody else will go in to my voice the sentence and just put like you'll go in and put your voice in like one twenty eight right and then Jason will talk yeah <laughs> I like we'll, it we'll do that so hopefully you guys hear that um, I don't know off the top of my head our event I think when we first were like okay we're gonna do Age of Sigmar at Las Vegas Open, because why not? Because we yeah, saw it whatever. at Adepticon, and it looked good. There was a lot of people. There was like, yeah. like 60 players. We're like, man, if we can get 60, <laughs> that's going to be awesome. Uh, and we're, we're like, over maybe now. we'll do it. It's getting close to 100, if not over 100 at this point. Um, it's filling up. If you guys want to go to Vegas, play Age of Sigmar, it's run by the Games Workshop guys. These same guys that on this tournament that we're talking about. Yeah. They are coming out to run this tournament which from Nottingham. Yeah, which which means hopefully the L- the LVO Age of Sigmar event is going to get the same amount of coverage as the and they event. they will be covering it. Yeah, Games Workshop so. themselves are going to be covering the Age of Sigmar portion of the Las Vegas Open. Right, and and if you get a guy like Ben Moley, that's like second place, and everyone's right. like, who's this Ben Moley guy? And they look up, they yeah. Google his name. Um, and they realize, oh, he's actually a good 40k player. Uh, I'll start following this guy. Right. And then maybe Ben Moley might get like a boost to his Twitter account if he has a Twitter account. And then that might lead to maybe a sponsorship, maybe a teeny tiny sponsorship. Right. Do you know who recently um, changed their ticket from 40k to Age of Sigmar? No. Ben Cromwell. Ben Cromwell. Yeah. Oh no. That's another big 40k player name. If you guys 40, don't know, he's a really good big 40k yeah, player. He was on there. the stream last year at Delvio. Yep. Uh, he had two beautiful painted knights in a. A war convocation list, mm-hmm. and I I guess he was playing Gene Steeler Colt. Um, I guess that didn't fly with him. I don't, he's he's into Age of Sigmar now. Wow. Yeah. Well, there you go. It's it's becoming a thing. I mean, it's it's really picking up steam as people are really enjoying the game. It's 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 amazing it's, to it's see. It's a really simple game. Yeah. It's it's really. But simple. there's a lot of tactics, and it's there very. Is, yes. I, I know we're getting a little off topic. We were talking about Las Vegas Open, but it's a very it's very similar to War Machine Hordes in that. You put together a lot of combinations, and you're putting a lot of one-two punches together. That if and you get them off, quickly. if you get them off, yes. you're going to win the game. Yes. But if you fail and it doesn't go off, and there's a lot of chance that can happen if you don't get that double turn when you need it, or if you fail spectacularly on your dice rolls. Because again, you can put together the best one-two combination in the world, but if you need threes to hit, and you don't roll any threes. You're done. And you're, you're sitting in the wind, and your opponent's like, well, got my double turn. Here's a cannonball shot. <laughs> you know, you're in trouble. So 
there is a lot of tactics to the game. It yes. is simple, but there are a lot of things. Uh, there's a lot of combinations. Yes. And I think, personally, um, 40k can take a little bit of a note for how Age of Sigmar is playing in terms of the simplicity. Um, I don't think I don't think 40k aspects of it are simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think 40k would would thrive if you simplified it that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you reared back a little, some of the, and they're doing a good job with it. The Trader's Legion <clears> book, <throat> mm-hmm. they they consolidated all those rules. Right. Uh, and the Trader's Legion book is released on Saturday. If you guys want to purchase it at 25% off MSRP from right. our web cart, or from, not from our web cart, from our uh, site. Yes, yeah. either uh, phone or email. We take orders yes. for Gaze Workshop and oh. 20% off normally up to 25% if you get a pre-order. Yeah. Uh, plug, and plug. They, they, what they did was they consolidated all of the rules and the data sheets from the Thousand Suns book and from the uh, Trader's Hate book into mm-hmm. that book. And the same thing with the Angels of Death book for the Space Marines release. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's GW is already already doing that, and right. it's great. Yeah. So again, good job GW. Right. And then so really quickly back to Las Vegas Open again. If you have not signed up, and there is a there is a mega battle as well, which is more of a narrative based again being run by Games Workshop, who oh, will be yeah. at the Las Vegas Open and who are running this and doing prize support. Um, they also provided us with hundreds of boxes of terrain, which we are now furiously putting together and painting. <laughs> Ugh. But that's going to look amazing. All the tables are going to look amazing. Um, sign up. And it's not just to play. It's Las Vegas. There's going to be nightly events at Club LVO that we're going to be putting on, which are going to be amazing social events. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also, I think there's, I think there are other things to do in Las Vegas. I don't know, but I've heard. Uh, you're, you are significantly more debaucherous than me. I uh, used to so be. You would know, so you would know about LVO right. nightlife. True. That is true. So I do know there are things to do in Las Vegas other than play with your toys. You're gonna have to. There are other teach toys. Me that you some can of play those with. things when, when <laughs> I get off the air. Yeah, there are other toys you can play with. Okay. So um, <laughs> that being said, uh, also I almost forgot. Very importantly, if you have gotten your tickets um, and you are waiting to get your rooms, get them now. Get them now because January first, the room block, which is not yet full, the the rates are going up. Yeah, and I think they'll also open it up, too. And they're going to open it up to non-LVO people, which yes. you don't want any non-LVO right. people on that room it's block. Super Bowl Sunday, as Reese on, has man. already said several times on Signals. It's Super Bowl Sunday, so We don't want non-LVOers up. on no, there. No, no, we want an entire room block full of people getting drunk and painting models. Right. And just yelling orc things. Just, just, wah. Yeah. I better hear at least one wah. At like three in the morning. At three in the morning when drunk. I wake up. Yeah. I, just wah. Yep. I'll so, just be like, yeah. If you have not gotten your rooms, very easy to do so. <laughs> LasVegasOpen.net. There is a hotel registration link. It says hotel registration. Click on that. You get your room rates because the rates go up January 1st. We do not control that. It's one month before the event starts. They automatically do it. And then I believe it's opening up to non-LVOers. Yes. We don't as, want that. And as far as room rates go, it's pretty good. It's very decent for pretty. being a Super Bowl weekend in Vegas, yes. which is a big weekend. It's also Chinese New Year at that weekend. And oh, so man. it's very busy yeah. for Chinese tourists. Yeah, so it's Chinese a very good rate. Chinese tourism is growing. Yes. Tr- you will notice when you're there. Yes. Uh, there are lots of tourists. Yeah. A lot, lot very busy of weekend. Chinese tourists. Mm-hmm. A lot of, so anyways. It's very fun. Yeah. Very, very fun. We hope to see you out there. So other news. In actual Age of Sigmar news, not that that was not Age of Sigmar news, um, not very, not too much to talk about other than Battle Forces are available now for pre-order discount. Oh, from yeah. Gaming. Get that They're Iron Jaws. Super good, di- super good deals. It's, it's great. It's, it's, it's amazing. You get basically, I was calculating out the Iron Jaws model. It comes with a Maw Crusher. Right. 
Uh, it comes with the Gorgruntas. I think six Gorgruntas. Let's uh, take a look. A whole ton of Ardboys and then uh, Mega Boss. I got to say, anecdotally speaking, just from, from taking people's orders, the Sylvaneth and the um, Iron Jaws ones seem to be extremely popular. Those must be the surprise, best deal ones. Surprise, surprise. The Iron Jaws one is is almost 2,000 points in one box. God, that must be why. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, the Maw Crusher is about four or 500 points. Yeah. And these these do not appear to be one-offs. We had we had been we had been worried that these were going to be one-off deals in the fact that no. we were going to be allocated a small amount and that we were going to um, then not be able to get any more. That doesn't appear to be the case. So if you still want to get these, they will be 25% off for another week after you hear this podcast. Get them from Frontline Gaming. They will be back ordered for a little bit, but we will get them. So at this point, if you're hearing this, most likely the popular ones, uh, Sylvaneth. Um, and then the Iron Jaws, uh, you will not get that before Christmas. I'm just going to say that. Um, but if that doesn't matter to you, but you would still like to get a 25% discount um, and have these shipped out to you, uh, you can still get that at a discount. And, and I was actually mistaken. It wasn't a Maw Crusher. It was a giant. Oh, you get the Iron giant. Jaws, which is, I love those things. Interesting uh, because no one really runs it. But they are really cool. Uh, and, and I think they're also direct out-of-stock item. Giants know. are not, They're not direct. direct. They are plastic kits. Yeah, not really? not that plastic kits are not web store exclusives because some They're are. They're so rare. I never see them. Giants, yeah. That is that is a, a bit weird that they put giants in there and not. Um, not a, but you know, but you know what? Okay. To be fair, they might have a lot of giants in stock. Maybe that's what they want. And they want yes, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> not not as popular, and and I can't say I blame anybody. Oh, no. The Bloodbound Slaughterstorm. I play Corn Bloodbound. They're it looks not. Like it's good value. It is a good value. It's just they're not. It's not the strongest army out there in the world. What? Yes, an you army mean, with no shooting. I know. Do, do you mean rules drive prices? <sighs> I know. Um, so yeah. I, I, I am dedicated to my corn bloodbound army. Um, but I'm glad. The, 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 doesn't seem to be as popular what, as the other. What one. was it called? The bloody, however, if you want it, the bloody spear. The bloody spear tip. The bloody spear tip. That's my warband. I like it. Um, and then the stormcast eternal one is, uh, is also available. So if you guys want any of those four. They are 25% off from Frontline Gaming, um, and they are not one-offs, as we had thought they were going to be. Um, and those are available um, for pre-order and the new release discount until the 16th of December. Get your Battle Force. So get them. They are a really good, really good way to get started. Yes. Super cheap way to I get agree. started. Like 2,000 points cheap. That's a tournament. Yeah, you, you, are, you are a couple, for 136 couple kits away from 2,000 points. Yeah, and if you're listening and you're not in the U.S., the, the, unfortunately, that is for U.S. people only. Oh, uh, sad. Because we, every time we say something like that, we get emails saying, can you ship this to Sweden? No. No, sorry. Sorry about that. No big do you know. I'm not sure currently. there's people in Sweden that sell it. I'm sure you can find somebody in Sweden selling yes. All right. For that one guy, he always emails me. Um, and then also, this is actually kind of a very cool news thing from Age of Sigmar. Um, Zangers... And I don't, I'm probably not saying that right. Zangors. Zangors. So usually how I pronounce them. I like saying Zangers. Zangers? Because Zangers sound like a, a hamburger, a small hamburger. That Every you time you say Zanger, I'm, I'm thinking you're going to follow it up with a one-liner, like a zinger. No. A real. Yeah. Zanger sounds like a, some sort of hamburger. Zanger burger? Mm-hmm. Zanger burger? Oh, my gosh. And we would sell them at, at Boys, Boys, Boys. Our, our restaurant that we're going to start. Yeah, me I and like Pablo it. are going to start a Hawaiian restaurant yes. called Boys, Boys, Boys. Yep, we'll have Zangers and, and Spam Masubi. It might not get the clientele we were looking for, but well, it's, I'll take any. That's not the point. So <laughs> we're getting off topic. Um, so the Zanger kits, what, which was weird because it wasn't promoted 
as such, but the new Zanger kit that came out for the Zinch release for 40K is only 40K. Has an, no, it has an Age of Sigmar upgrade sprue in it. <laughs> I didn't know that. But was, it wasn't like, oh, no. it wasn't promoted. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I was telling people, but like, somebody it looks saw, like on the box. Somebody like saw one and they're like, hey, wait a minute. This and then... And then GW's Facebook page was like, oh, some keen-eyed person saw it. And yes, it does have a, a so sprue. So, so if you want your yeah. Zangers for Age of Sigmar, fear no more. You don't have to buy silver tower boxes, although you probably should anyways. You can get them uh, for pretty Brimstone cheap. Wars. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you can just buy a Zanger box, and you have Age of Sigmar Zangers or 40K Zangers. I thought that was just a weird thing that they were like, oh, yeah. you got us. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> what if what, Cats out of the bag. What, what, if, what if they didn't actually do that but that one guy got the one random zanger box that actually had age of sigmar right sprue in them and they were like oh shit that's a good idea quick stuff all the right zanger boxes with age of sigmar well I, when the, when they when i first when they first um came out i was like oh well are they gonna come out with another kit for the age of sigmar ones um but then it makes sense that they would just put a sprue in for age yeah, of sigmar upgrades yeah quick, quick and easy you just need to replace the guns well, the gun, I mean, it's just, no, it's just a sprue that has arms for close combat weapons. Yeah, yeah. But instead of uh, guns. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You just need to replace the guns to make them not 40K. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is easy. Yeah, so that's the Age of Sigmar news uh, that we have for you today. Hope you enjoyed it. It was fun mm -hmm. talking about it. All right. So on to the main topic. The main topic. All right. So we're going to talk about the Blood and Glory UK tournament. This has actually been a big topic of discussion for most Age of Sigmar blogs and podcasts for the last two weeks, pretty much. Yes. Um, just because it was such a big deal, and GW made such a big deal about it. Yeah. How many rounds was it, and how many players? Do you have Do you have that? Is that on uh, their site? I don't have it up right now. If mm. you want to listen to me hum and ha, I suppose we can edit this. No, nah, it's okay. Um, don't worry about it. it is uh, apparently it's just a big it's a big tournament in the UK. The, you know what? It wasn't even it wasn't even they just had infinite rounds, mm -hmm. and they. What they probably did was they probably just. I'm gonna say said, they had okay, forty. Everyone, they had forty rounds. Forty rounds. Uh, and Two thousand players. It was an endurance contest. Mm -hmm. Everyone was drinking, and they drank the entire time. They yes. had uh, two thousand players, and the top five players were actually just the five people to survive. The winner was a an android named uh, Data, I think. <laughs> That's what I, I think. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. So anyways, it was a big tournament, and, yes. and it was a big deal. Games Workshop really promoted it. They had they their players went from their studio, which was a big deal. Um, so we're going to kind of go through the, the top five lists, which were promoted by Games Workshop on the, the WarhammerCommunity.com. Yes. Warhammer-Community.com, which yeah. is their um, Age of Sigmar. And I want to give a little bit of a disclaimer here before we mm -hmm. jump into these lists. Um, these are dirty, powerful These are tournament lists. lists. They, they, are, they are cheesier lists than what I think a lot of Age of Sigmar people might be used to. Um, maybe, because yes. from what I've... From what I've gleaned from the community, uh, at least here in Cal Southern California, mm -hmm. um, is it's Age of Sigmar is more for casual players who, who kind of just want to like have fun. Because right. originally it started off, you know, with no points, and it was kind of just like everyone right. everyone bought what they wanted and right. kind of had fun and had a good time. And that's still that's still what this tournament is all about. It's having fun right. and having a good time. But the lists are a lot more competitive than what they were a year ago, even like five months ago. Yes, with the general's handbook coming out, we now we now see true tournament lists. Now these are lists made for a competitive tournament. These are not. This is not a list that we sitting here, me and Pablo, would encourage you to buy and put together and go to your game store and play. Well, I disagree. 
Um, you, you do that <laughs> without any kind of warning. Oh, yeah. You, you are not going to be allowed these, back. These are not pickup game lists. Your friends sure. are not going to like uh, you. Your pickup game lists are You're gonna be that the guy. fun lists that you, you know, kind of like with the models you enjoy. Right. These are the lists you want to bring yes. to an event to do well and to have a good time right. with. Right. And yeah. we, we here at Frontline Gaming have the same type of list. Frankie himself has a Stormcast Eternal list that is dirty and brutal, and he will not play that list for the most part unless he knows he's going into a hard core yeah. game yeah, he'll he just, won't play it he'll yes. play his fire slayers if yeah. he's playing a fun game against me playing with my corn bloodbound or something like that but so just take this with when before we go and analyze these and we talk about these these are true tournament lists for the most part i think there are a couple ones on here that you can say are not super the number one for sure uh, yeah maybe the number, the number two sure. as well no the number two is okay then well, well let's go in let's jump into it okay so, num- so let's jump one. in let's just jump in but again Especially this number one list. I would not encourage you to go buy this and walk into your local game store and talk to the 12 year old kid sitting there with his (laughs) orcs and be like, hey, dude, you want to play H. Sigmar? Don't do it. Just don't do it. All right, here we go. So, this guy, I guess, is a Games Workshop employee who won. Great. uh, Ben Johnson. And he won with Stormcast Eternals with the Warrior Brotherhood Battalion. And apparently, this is actually the first time that I had learned about the Warrior Battalion or the Warrior Brotherhood. And, and, but reading comments and whatnot on Facebook and other places, um, apparently this battalion has quite the reputation, Pablo. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> supposed to be the, one of the most broken battalions in the game right now. Because of, of what, you can, what you can add to it and do with it. So before, before we get started, let's talk about what the battalion is. Uh, what it is is that you can take two heroes and you choose which heroes you take. And keep that in, keep that in mind because we're going to go back to that. You take a unit of prosecutors, which are the winged, uh, the not winged bad. stormcast. Um, two units of paladins, not bad. Uh, three units of liberators and two units of adjudicators, uh, which are the um, the bow armed um, uh, stormcast eternals. So right there, that that's going to basically be almost your two thousand points. You're you're going to be so close to that two thousand points. Um, once you fill your units out a little bit, you're not going to have much room. And, and Ben Johnson here, who took this, only took this. There's nothing else in his list. He took this one battalion because you're pretty close to that 2,000 points. So um, what he did is he took for his two heroes, uh, he took two Knight Azeros uh, models. And the Knight Azeros are... Which is a cool model, by the way. They, well, one, the models look amazing. Yes. Uh, they are the winged... Um, prosecutor heroes. Again, yeah. the prosecutors are the winged models. The yeah. so, so the kit makes a uh, winged hero with a bow. So you can make the Azeros, the Venator. And it's just the Azeros and or the it. Venator. So the, the Venator is the, the one with the, the star-faded bow. And the um, hawk. Pretty good. Hockey. A little hockey. I personally like it. I think it's one of my favorite models. But the Azeros is the one with the lantern. Right. And that's the one he takes. And here's the reason that you would want to take the Azeros anytime. Oh, 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 before we talk about the Azeros, sorry, let's go back to the battalion, because there are special rules with the battalion. Yes. The, and, and, and this is why you would take the Azeros. The battalion, one, you can, t- you can put your entire force in a reserve, and you can essentially you can deep strike the entire army, um, but they still have to be within nine inches. Normal deep strike, um, and it's not called deep strike, but we're saying that because that's right, what we're Right, it's like lightning with. insertion right. or lightning um, It's called uh, lightning strike. Lightning strike. For, deep, for the Stormcast. Oh, yeah. um, but you can come out of reserve um, and you teleport. Uh, but you still have to stay within nine inches 
outside of nine inches, which is the normal for yeah. any kind of reserve. And you don't get your move after you. And you can't move, but you can charge and shoot as normal. Yes. Um, that that stays the same. Uh, you get plus one bravery as long as you're within uh, a certain distance. I think it's six inches uh, of another unit um, within the battalion. I actually have that. What is it? Yeah, six inches of another one. Um, and you, as long as you are within eight inches of two other units from the battalion, uh, you reroll wounds of one. Uh, uh, so it's, it's very, very strong just out of the box. Mm-hmm. Very good. However, let's add the Azeros models. What do they do? Well, you, if you drop those Azeros models, if you lightning strike them first, any Stormcast Eternal models that come out of reserve after that can teleport within five inches of those models and set up next to the enemy, even if it's closer than nine inches. It specifies that. Yeah. Uh, which is so, okay. So what you do is, is you, you reserve your whole army mm-hmm. and kind of let your opponent like see where they're going to place their stuff. Right. And then you drop in your Knight of Zeroes first. Right. And then you drop in your hard-hitting uh, Retributor's unit or Paladin unit next to those. Or any of them, really. Even the Liberators. Uh, yeah, and then yeah. you drop in Liberators right after those, and the Liberators give them uh, reroll ones to hit, or they give them plus one bravery. I forgot. Mm-hmm. Doesn't doesn't matter. You you basically what you do is you create two um, focal points where you alpha strike from with mm-hmm. your Paladins, and the Paladins are buffed by various other units that are all in the War Scroll. Mm-hmm. And then you you charge your opponent, and you. Kill right. whatever you want because they're paladins. Right. So and that's it. Right. And so because of this um, special ability called Leader of the Way, you can get closer than nine inches. Um, so you're almost guaranteed the charge. Um, so And then even making it more likely that you are going to charge, um, what Ben Johnson did is he gave each of the Knight Azeros models uh, the, or sorry, he gave his leader the command trait Reckless. Um, and what Reckless does is it makes it so any friendly unit within 10 inches can re-roll the run in charge rolls. Oh, so, you, so you're guaranteed You're guaranteed charge. charging. You're, you're guaranteed. And me and Pablo charge. were talking about this before the podcast. You can bubble wrap the hell out of anything. Yes. And it won't matter. Uh, yeah. Those, your, his units will obliterate anything. And he's still pumping mortal wounds in with his judicators. It's just, it is a brutal yes. list. It's and really he can brutal. come down during any of his movement phases he can, you know, he has two of the Azeroses, so he can come down with one turn with half his force, next turn with the other half. Super accurate deep strike, super accurate charging. Um, he has Quicksilver potions on both of his uh, his hero models, which lets those models once per game strike before anybody. It doesn't matter whose turn it is. That's really good. That comes is, on uh, comes in at two thousand points on the nose. Yeah, that's a uh, really really strong. That is a tournament list. I guarantee. At the LVO, we are going to see a ton of that list, and I don't blame anybody. Yeah. I don't blame anybody. It's a fantastic, hard-hitting list, and again, it uses combinations and synergy. Yeah, and if you want to – it's obviously it's a tough list. Um, Yeah. And if you want to beat a list or or have a chance of competing against a list like that, you you need to buy bubble-wrapping screen screeners. You need to bubble-wrap – multiple screen bubble wrap. Yes. Because even if one unit of bubble wrap, no matter how many guys you have in there, will get obliterated. Yes. I can put 30 or 40. 
of my blood reavers around they're, something they're important, die. and that unit, one unit of his paladins will obliterate we'll, the entire we'll unit in one round. Yes. Uh, so you, you kind of need a cheap bubble wrap unit to kind of just sacrifice yep. to those. And then the next thing you need to do is you need to make sure you have multiple units that are mobile mm-hmm. that can run away from paladins yeah. and pick off like his knight Azeroses right. or his buffer units like his liberators. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of so it's it's not I don't think it's impossible to beat. No. Uh I I think I think you could definitely outplay him and beat him. Uh, but it's definitely a shock and awe yes. alpha strike yes. list. And and if you want to hear some alpha strike tactic t- tactics mm-hmm. um with dealing with alpha strikes like this, yeah. you can actually listen to my very first episode of Chapter Tactics where I talk about dealing with alpha strikes. Mm-hmm. And even though it is 40k related or it it is it's 40k centered, right. um there is some general tips in there that I think could help you guys out. Right. So, so just kind of keep that in mind. And I don't know what missions they played either. With the, that's also actually very we don't important. that we don't know what missions they played because missions do play a big part yes. in this. Because again, if you play the mission, you can still do okay. The problem though against this list is is they are going to be pumping out so many mortal wounds. I I personally feel other order armies um, have a can do okay against this because other order armies can bring griffhounds. They which, can tell, uh, yes. which can prevent deep striking, um, which is very good against this. Also, armies like Sylvaneth, which also have reserve tactic tricks. Yes. Uh, the, so you out reserve tactic trick your opponent. Yeah, Stormcast Eternals can teleport away. So like away Reese's from Army, Reese's with Army the, the, the reserve forest. tactic tricks. Yes. That can that can be okay. So very good. No surprise that it won first place. I especially if the majority of the people that went to the tournament were like, "Here's my start collecting box and another unit." And then they're like, oh. no, I think actually yeah. from, from what I've heard about the UK scene, it was probably all people who, who played similar. I hope so. <laughs> played I the, just, the best. I just, could. I hope so, man. I just hope it wasn't some 13 year old kid. No, I like, here's my so. start collecting corn bloodbound. And I also have Skyrath. And you're like, Oh, no, no, okay. uh, no. I, that's only in the U S. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So second, second, uh, we have a very interesting list. This is a, a Nurgle chaos list that's made up of uh, Nurgle Demons and um, Skaven. So very yes. cool. This is uh, Terry Pike. Um, so he has a great unclean one, uh, which is a general. He took the Chaos Rune Blade, which I believe gives you um, a plus one to your rend, if I remember correctly. Uh, and then Cunning, Cunning Deceiver, which um, I believe what Cunning Deceiver does is during the first battle round, your opponent um, is worse off at hitting you. Papa's looking that up while I'm so talking, I'm but I believe right I believe now. that is right. He then takes Fate Weaver, which honestly I've played Fate Weaver in one of our battle reports. Um, I was a little underwhelmed by him, but well, he can summon and Fate stuff Weaver like that. Fate Weaver gives you uh, an increased ability to get the first to, to steal the initiative, okay. yeah, and get the and he, the and he does turn. he does summon he does some other cool things. I'm not saying he's terrible, but I I've played him and I wasn't super happy. He's, uh, which one was it? The Cunning Deceiver. Yes. Uh, subtract one from the hit rolls of all enemy attacks made in the first battle round. Yep. Okay. So. So so what? Do you, okay, so go on. And finish the list. Uh, he then takes a a Forge World uh, wizard named uh, Sail the Faithless. I'm not 100. Really good. They explain that. they explain him actually in the in the army list at the top. They explain oh, they? kind of what he does. Um, and Sail's really really good. He's a good force multiplier. Nice. Um, and then he takes um, three units of Nurgle Plague Bears, which are very resilient and yes. great for holding objectives, uh, or just holding somebody up in general. Um, six. Storm fiends, which I love. Storm fiends. Yeah, they're really they hard. They pump out a ton of shots, and he took them with warp fire projectors, uh, and then he took two warp lightning cannons, which, which if they, amazing, and if those are rolling hot, <laughs> oh yeah, they will be just obliterating stuff. Yeah, it, yeah. just just wiping units on the board. Yeah, if, if you roll cannons. hot, 
so okay so those for those of you who are unfamiliar with the warp lightning cannon shooting attack it's you basically you roll a d6 first and that's your power mm-hmm. and then you roll six d6s after that and all the rolls that match or beat your power that's how many mortal wounds you right need. so so if you roll a one for your power then all your one pluses on those sixes on those six other dice that you roll will do one mortal wound. Right. And it's you select a unit within a, a certain amount of it. I forgot how right. what the range is. The range is pretty good. It's like 18 inches or mm-hmm. something. No, it's pretty It's pretty long. No, yeah. The, but the warp lane cannon can, can be really, really bad. So mm-hmm. what you do is you get one low rolling die, right? And then you just get a bunch of high rolling dice. Right. Right. So that one die that's just been bad for you all tournament, right? Like the evil right. die. You know, everyone always has one die. You just grab that die and you're like, listen, die. You need to roll me a two or a one here. And then you just do it. All right. So apparently, I'm, uh, again, Games Workshop did a really good job at explaining why the, the list did very well. Yeah. Um, apparently, what, what Sale can do is he has an ability where he can teleport units around. And, and what, what the player was able to do was teleport the Storm Fiends around, which a unit of six is going to have a yeah. buttload of shots at something. Yeah. And then I think he used them for, for counter damage. And then, yeah, damage. he would use them to, to move them around and shoot something and then charge. And then they're very good in combat as well. Uh, and then apparently, uh, Fate Weaver is very good at um, ensuring you get a double turn when you need it. Yep. So not a bad idea maybe to bring him just to get that double turn when you're like, I need this to win the game. And you could definitely win the game with a double turn with this list. And it's really durable, too. Right. So there's yeah. no surprise that he that he got second place. With yeah. And very interesting, if you go onto their site, which we will have linked in the show notes, very interesting paint scheme. Yeah. Very <laughs> slanesh paint scheme. I like it. Yeah. So, uh, Pablo. Oh, yeah. This is going to be a good one for you. I love uh, it. Third place, we have uh, Maxime Julian with Destruction. A destruction. And he did a, a mix of, it's not, it's not 100% similar to yours, but it's a, the theme is, is close. Yeah. So, so what he did is he brought a Frost Lord on Stonehorn, a Huskard on Stonehorn, um, two more Huskards on, th- I'm sorry, a Huskard on Thundertusk, two more Huskards on Thundertusks, and then a Moon Clan Grot Shaman as his leaders. And he brought 60 Moon Clan Grots th- and three Grot Fanatics. Mm-hmm. And that's his list. Uh, this yep. this is actually when I looked in the books, uh, I immediately recognized that Moonclan Grots were strong, mm-hmm. and Grot Fanatics were strong, and I really wanted to start destruction and Beast Claw Raiders anyways. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my list is a little similar. It's my list is actually uh, forty Moonclan Grots, six Grot Fanatics, or five Grot Fanatics, two Grot Shamans, and one Stone Lord, right. and then he's part of the Bragoths. I, I like to call it Bragoths Bro Hammer. Yeah. Um, this is all the bros. It, yeah, yeah. It's it's basically two units of gore gruntas right. and two units of more more yeah. cavalry and a stone right. lord. Because you you or have stone, one you have one lord. of the big dudes, yes. but then you have a bunch of the small dudes. Yes. Yep. Who are the moon clan grots? Right. And then so I kind of went for more mobility. Right. But this list is probably a lot better than mine. I'll be honest. It has a lot. It ha- he has four of the large. He has three Thunder Tusks and one Stonehorn. Yeah. So what it sounds like he does is he probably, he bubble wraps the big guys with all these Grots. Yes. And he just moves forward it, the, and he just obliterates stuff the, when he the hits good it. Thing, the good thing about the Grots, that actually reading through this article, GW confirmed it for mm-hmm. me, is the Grot Fanatics, you can hide inside your Moon Clan Grot unit. Mm-hmm. And then Grot Fanatics have the ability to charge your opponents. Yes, unit. on their charge phase. On their charge phase. Yeah. And I always thought, well, does that lock up your opponent's uh, unit or no? Um, right. But they confirmed it. It does, I think, because the article writer said that the Grafenex were able to stop your stop your opponent from charging you. 
which w- I would assume would mean that they do lock you up in combat. They would. Yeah. So what you would do is when your opponent's like, okay, moving into charge phase, you would right. say, I charge you with my Grot fanatics. With my Grot fanatics, and, and then, then they can't charge. My Grot fanatic is like, ah. Correct. And then the Grot fanatics hit really hard too. They do like D six. They have D six attacks. D six attacks and they three they do or three three damage. Yeah, but they only have one. But here's that's where they're great though. They don't they don't last long. No. But they stop your opponent from charging you. Which is huge. So right. if, if you're playing that that Stormcast player Correct. who won first place, you could potentially just sacrifice sixty points to Grot fanatics. Right. And stop him from charging you. Yep. And then the Stonehorn is actually one of the hardest hitting right. units in. So you're combat. like, oh, you're your Paladin unit, huh? Yeah. I'm um, gonna charge you with that Grot fanatic. Right. And then on your turn, you're like, get the hell out of the way, Grots, Stonehorn. Yes. And then in the meantime, he's also got three Thunder Tusks, which do yep. uh, mortal wounds. They do if they're untouched, they do six mortal wounds right. with their Frost Breath. Right. Um, so you've got three of those, and if those guys are untouched. You just destroy them. Right. This is a great list. I, I and it must like and, and and unfortunately this one didn't have a photo attached to it, but it must have looked amazing. Yeah. It's interesting that he actually brought the uh, the uh, battle brew mm-hmm. for the Stonehorn, the Frostlord and Stonehorn for the general. Yeah. Yeah. And, instead of like the Talisman of Protection. What but does the battle brew do? The battle brew gives you one attack. If you take one swig, it adds one to all hit and wound rolls for the model until your next hero phase. If you take two swigs, you add two to all the hit and to wound rolls, but you suffer a mortal wound at the start of each of your future hero phases for the rest of the battle. Oh, that's not his. That's not his general. That was his leader. Yeah, but yeah. It, but each 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 uh, model can take, uh, right? Uh, or at least I think it's one. One can take it. And, yeah. So 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 he gave the battle brew to the frost. What is on so stonehorn? He for his general, which is the the husk guard on the thunder tusk. He gave it the command trait ravager, which is the best one. It's you add two to the dice roll for Rampaging Destroyers. Mm-hmm. And Rampaging Destroyers is your entire destruction army can um, char, can run. So you run, um, hold on, let me, the unit can move. In the, yeah, so so at the, on your movement phase, you run with a die roll. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're within six inches of your general or another hero, mm-hmm. and that count that doesn't count as a run move, you mm-hmm. can't run. But you can charge afterwards. So make oh, sure wow. you're fast. So, so it's so, like a, it's just an extra movement. Yeah. So so essentially all your units get uh, they move their normal move value plus D six inches if they're within six inches of their hero. Yeah. And then with the Ravager rule, it adds two to that. So yeah. your your uh your Grotfanax are moving four D six plus two yeah. movement if they're within six inches of the which is easy to do. Right. That's fantastic. Yeah, so so that's kinda that's where the, the list really it really does really well. That's a great list, and he's he's ten points under two thousand, which means he gets to um, take the special deal where he rolls to see he gets a little bonus for that, which you get for taking being under the points line. Um, really? Yeah, it's in the general's handbook. I forget what it's called. It's called. Um, bear with me, guys. I should know this stuff off the top of my head, but I don't. Um, it is called. Oh boy. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, it's it's a good list. The Moon Clan Grot Shaman also gives you ability, gives you access to Mystic Shield, uh, which gives you plus one to your save. And what I like to do is I like to give my Moon Clan Grots plus one to save, so they have a four up against shooting attacks. Uh, it, and such a large blob unit makes it really hard to kill them. Um, and then of course you've got the fanatics to stop them. So they're for me they're a good bubble wrap unit. Uh, I really do want to get multiple Thunder Tusks because the model is cool and they're really good. So, yeah, it's a good list. Jason's still looking for the uh, rule. I am. I was hoping you were going to keep talking. I can, oh, why I can can't talk I find about this? this? 
Uh, so Probably you can talk about it forever. Um, <laughs> gosh darn it. Okay. Anyways, so, so you get a um, special ability. Yeah, if you if you're below roll. if you're below the points cost, you get you get you roll on a d6 and you get a special ability that you can use during the game. Anyways, That's so cool. let's move on. We're almost done here. So four Sylvaneth. Um, this guy got fourth place. Now this list just has a lot of good units from Sylvaneth. I mean, it has an Alarial. Reese would love this list. It has uh, a Draka Hamadreth. It has the Spirit of Durthu, which we know uh, is very good. Model. Um, it has two units of Dryads, which. One thing I think where they where Sylvaneth forces suffer is in battle line units, cheap battle line units, because they have dryads and they're very expensive. But it has two units of ten, um, and then it has a unit of tree revenants, and then two units of Kurnoth hunters, which are amazing with great bows. And Kurnoth hunters are extremely amazing. Yeah, and I really found out good. the hard way um, that the ones with the swords, each one of their sword strokes does D three damage. Yeah. So. I, um, we're working on a battle report right now that me and Reese recently played, and we got a rule wrong where he was killing, he was hitting the My Fire Slayers. I was playing um, Order. He was playing, uh, I just had like a weird hodgepodge list of orders, stuff that we had in the studio that was painted. And he was hitting the Fire Slayers, and I was removing them one at a time. But he was doing like three wounds. Each wound would have been D3 wounds. Oh, my God. Ugh. So they do a maximum of nine wounds? Yes. I'm like, so I would have just been removing entire units from these guys. Wow. And yeah. the same thing goes with their great bows. Yeah, they're, they they're, do D3 yes. damage. Yeah, they're good at shooting. They're like little mini heroes. I think. And, and their range each. is like 30 inches. Yeah. And so he was also picking off. I had cannons. And he was like, oh, I'm targeting your crew. Because you can just target crew members of war machines, which I didn't know. And yes, you can. <laughs> um, and he's like, yeah, I have 30 inches, which was like the same range as my cannon. And he was like, oh, yeah, D3. Oh, I got three of them. I'm like, oh, I have three crew. Oh, no, your cannon's <laughs> useless. Right, so Sylvaneth just hit hard. They have a lot of tricks um, that you can use with Durthu, um, where you summon forests and then move out of the forests, which the Kurnoth hunters can do. Um, they, they're just very good at null deploying and then um, just taking zones. They're really good at that. Yes. I, I'm, I'm not personally familiar with Ilario yet. So I can't speak too much about her. Or the Draka. I am familiar with Durthu. He hits like a ton of bricks. I imagine a lot. And he summons forests. Hits pretty hard too as well. Um, just This is a very good all-around list. And honestly though, this is also a list that if somebody brought this to a game store, I wouldn't think that, I wouldn't say this is a hardcore list. No, it's a very it's a very fluffy list. Like he didn't dip into the Order Alliance for cheaper. No. Like, like, uh, Freeman, no, like archers or any cheaper battle line unit. He's stuck with Sylvaneth. Mm -hmm. um, it's a good list. The Sylvaneth army is a good standalone army. Right. Um, I would. I wouldn't equate it to the Eldar in 40k. I think Stormcast Eternals are the Eldar 40k. Right. On um, Frage of Sigmar. Um, but the Sylvaneth are, are. They're just solid. Right. They're a good solid army. They do a little bit of everything. Um, they're. They're definitely a top tier army. Right. Yeah. Very. A very good army for taking on something like that top list where these guys can just put force down and pop out of force in your own deployment zone and charge you. Yeah. So, which I've, a, I've felt that I've been on that receiving side several times. They have a good mix of shooting and close combat right. killing power. It's a really good, it's a really good army. Yes. Okay. And then, uh, here we go. The last one, uh, in fifth place, we have Darren Palmer, uh, with another destruction army. Yes. Uh, and this one is, um, an interesting list. He has uh, two. He has a Moon Clan Grot Shaman. Yes. A Git Mob Grot Shaman, which I don't know what the difference is between. It. I think it was just the models themselves. Um, a Frost Lord on a Stone Horn. A Huskard on a Thunder Tusk. So he has two of the big boys. 
And then he has a unit of Moon Clan Grots. One big, he has one giant 60 unit. Yes. The other guy had three units of 20. This guy's one 60-man unit. And then he has a unit of six Grot Fanatics. And then uh, two individual Grot Fanatics. So a total of eight. Um, and then he has two units of Git Mob Grots, 40 each. That's a lot. And of then mobs. he has two, snot two units. Uh, he has two snotlings, which I get. Uh, they're probably just what swarms, right? Essentially. Yeah. So this guy has a ton of bodies. Yeah. He's just flooding the field yeah, with so bodies. W- what he does here is he he sticks all the Grotfinex in his giant blob of Moon Clan Grots, and if you charge that, he just shoots a, a Grotfinex at you, and he has two Grotfinex units um, to shoot to shoot at you, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he's got the one giant unit of six. Yeah. So so what he does is he can shoot. He can stop two charges like the Stormcast Eternals, mm-hmm. which I imagine that's exactly why he has two extra Grotfinex se- right. that are separate. So he can stop two separate charges. Right. And then a unit of six Grotfinex on your turn, if you have the initiative, hits really hard. Right. And it's they're not really, very many points. No, they're not. They're thirty points a model. It's actually a lot of points, um, but you can take them in units of one. Oh, right. Okay. Which is what makes them so powerful. There's not right. a lot of units in the, in Age of Sigmar that you can spam MSU-style mm-hmm. like that. Like, right. I, I, don't, I can't think of very many units that are infantry units that you can only take one model of. Right. And that's the unit. Right. Um, so that's what, and then, of course, Grot Fanatics have that built-in durability where the, you hide them in the Moon Clan Grot unit. Right. So to kill the, all eight of his Grot Fanatics before they get a chance to charge, you need to kill 60 you Moon You got to wipe grots. out... And then two units of 40. So what he does is he puts... No, no. The, the, the Git Mob Grots are separate units. Right. So, so he puts them all in. You can only put Grafenac and Moon Clan units. Are you sure? Oh. Because the Grafenac is a Moon Clan Grot unit. Does it say that? I don't know, actually. I, no, I, I think... I might just say Grot. I think you can put them in any, any Grot unit. So what I think he does, and again, I, do, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm fairly sure he puts the big unit of six in the 60 Moon Clan, clan Grots. And then he puts the, each one of the, the single guys in the grit get mobs of 40. So what he probably does is he probably in the center of his battle line, he has the big 60 with the six in there. And then on his flanks, he probably has a unit of 40 each yeah. with one in there. So he's pretty much protected anywhere. And then he probably then put his two big dudes on the stone horns behind as counter charge. Yeah. It, it's really strong. It's a lot of bodies. And then he has powerful, powerful counter charge units behind them. Yeah. This is very similar to how I run my um, corn blood down. I have a ton of blood reavers, just bubble wrapping, Everything. powerful like um, um, wrath mongers and um, re- you know the Scarbrand and all these really powerful assault units. But yeah, they're bubble so wrapped they by can... this just nothing guys. They just <laughs> take it pretty much. Corn. Right. Um, so very interesting list. This guy is at 1980, so he couldn't find the 20 points, but again he gets that little bonus. Um, very cool. I, this actually, you know what? This this was very interesting read. It was a very interesting read. Uh, yeah, it was it was definitely good. They had pictures of the armies, which is cool. Um, and then of course it talked about the the army and how to, kind of how to play it. And we didn't actually go into the paragraphs of how the people played their army right in detail. Uh, but if you go onto the the site, which we'll include the link in the description right of the blog post, you can kind of kind of look in depth how the these players played their armies. Right. Uh, it's it's really cool, yeah. honestly. And yeah. I wish they did something like that for 40K. That'd, that'd be interesting. Yeah, so it just shows the tournament scene is starting to, to blow up 
for Age of Sigmar. I'm happy to see it. People are really getting into it. Here in the United States, big name 40K, if you, if you can say big name 40K players, are starting to make the transition into Age of Sigmar. I'm happy to see it. Again, if you are a player who is not into tournaments, that's fine. There's nothing, there, this is still a game that the vast majority of players, including myself and, and a lot of players um, that I know here personally in San Diego, um, that are more into just kind of playing what looks cool and, and having fun. And, and I would say the vast majority is still there. So if you hear us on the podcast or you read these things and you are upset and you think, I, this is not what I wanted Age of Sigmar to be. Because I do see people make those comments. Yeah. That, that don't think that's happening. It's not. This is just another way of playing the game. There's, no, there's nothing wrong with playing it in a tournament setting and making these types of lists. Just like there's nothing wrong with putting together the models you think look cool and playing with your friends at the game store on Saturday nights. There's nothing wrong with any way to play the game. Yeah. So we're just, this is just a way, we're just covering it because we thought this was a very interesting article and a look, a very interesting look at the tournament scene in the UK um, which is right now more competitive than the United States, I'd say. Yeah, abs- absolutely. At least, at least in Age of Sigmar, in the, in 40k, the United States, I would say, is much more competitive than in the UK. So right. it's, it's pretty interesting to see that that dynamic. And one thing we need to also, I think, I'd like to say, uh, as kind of like a not kind of like a PSA, is GW hasn't done this at all, right? Um, in a long time, if ever. Uh, maybe not to this degree like, of you coverage. mean in terms of the support and, and right the, the tournament no. coverage and yeah. calling players out by name right and showing their lists and talking about tactics and talking about how to play these lists and really selling models that way because mm-hmm. um, that's what they're that's what they're doing that's uh, let's be honest this is exactly what they're doing this for right is to sell models uh don't don't discourage them at all right you know if this isn't your cup of tea that's fine um but one thing I fear is that people will go on the Warhammer community page and on the Facebook page and say, oh, this isn't the way I want to play Age of Sigmar. This is, you know, those are whack, cheesy players. It's like, no, those are just players playing a different game than you. And I'm sorry if you've maybe had a bad experience with 40K or with Age of Sigmar in the past, Mm -hmm. um, but you would get that bad experience with any game because there's, you know, there's really bad apples in every game system. There's there's people who play chess clocks or play chess who play with like five-minute chess, blitz chess, and then all they do is just make moves and kind of... It doesn't matter. Right. There are, there are jerks, I feel like there are there are players that you don't want to play with that maybe they get a little too competitive. In any game. In any game. Um, or in anything in life. You just don't want to interact with right. people. <laughs> right, right. So so don't... So, so a GW, you're doing a fantastic job. Um, I, I am pretty sure most of the community is encouraging and supporting you and really happy with what you're doing. And that's, I just think it's, I I love seeing a healthy tournament scene. I like seeing a healthy, um, social scene, um, a non-competitive scene. I like seeing a social narrative scene. Yes. I like seeing a hobby scene. This is fantastic. I'm very happy. It's a very robust, healthy scene right now. And I love it. And it's fantastic because I'll be honest, I'm, and this is not a secret of everybody here at Frontline Gaming. I am very burned out with four hammer 40,000 and I, I don't make it a secret. And this is. Right now, uh, with Games Workshop, I am very interested in, in Age of Sigmar. And this is wa- seeing this tournament and everyone being very interested in it and seeing it become like this in um, America, in the US, is great. I yeah, love it. Because I, I like that type of setting. I like the tournament setting. Um, but, you know, there's, again, if it's not your cup of tea, that's totally fine. We all have armies that are not super competitive as well. 
I can plop down my Blood Reavers, but I can also plop down my Wrathmongers. You know, like there's there's different ways to play. Absolutely. I guess I just I just know every time that anybody mentions anything with tournaments, people get really upset, um, and I just don't like to see that. You know. Fair enough. I'm probably reading more into it than it needs to be. But I had a good a time talking to you about it. It was fun. <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun. Um, and I'm also I like I said, I've also that is my phone ringing. They probably uh, can't oops. hear it from this distance. Oh, hopefully, it's pretty loud. You guys it's hear the there's, a, there's a Star Wars themed uh, phone call which coming, is, in. which we do not own. This is trademark. Oh, no. but it's a phone call. I don't know. If... I don't know. It doesn't matter. Okay. It's it. Okay. So should we end it with the star? Oh, oh, oh man. Darn, we, we should have ended the podcast. Somebody stopped calling. We messed up. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, I do have my Beast Cloud Raider army. It is halfway done. I have the Bragoths Bro Hammer, Bro Herd. You just got to get the Moon Clang Rots done. Yeah, those guys are, yeah. There's it's about 40, it's about 50, almost 50 models of Moon Clang Rots. Just got to just dry brush uh, that, man. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's a lot. But the, the Beast Claw Raiders portion is done. Right. And that's going to be on the site. I'm definitely going to take pictures today. Hopefully, if we can get them in the show time, notes, it'd be really cool. Yeah, and we'll put those in the show notes just so you guys can see them. Yeah. Uh, they look cool. I'm really happy with them, and uh, honestly, I can't wait to take them to an Age of Sigmar event and kind of wow people. There's a few coming up. I know Southern California is starting to blow up. Um, we have a lot of good friends uh, that play at uh, Addie's Games. Um, there's Which, also the game store in Temecula. I yeah, forget. that's growing um, as well. Vito games, plays though. there. If if you if you are coming into this or if you're in the southern california area or in around january mm-hmm. um or if you're just in the southern california area at all Addie's games i think is the place to be right now for just sigmar uh, they have a bar they have a big community there and it's a yeah. large community so i mean you and have they have a bar, a bar. do we walking. mention that yeah I, I, there's a bar i think i, I think i mentioned that, that but they just have, in case they have a bar they have booze booze beer actual beer named flavorfully named it'll make after, your opponent look more handsome yeah I think they have like Wabrew. Mm. Anyways, it's it's great. It's, uh, go down there. Definitely right. want to hit that place up. And that's it. Okay. Uh, Pablo, I think your mom's here. Uh-oh. <laughs> that's awesome. She should be on the podcast. Oh, we're we're going to edit that out. No. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's been uh, Ninth Realm. Thanks yeah. for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. That was fun. I had a good time, Pablo. All right. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. <laughs>